What's going on, everybody? It's your favorite midweek sports podcast back again. I know it's been a while. Too long, man. Too long. What has it been since before Memorial Weekend? I think three three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks we've been you you folks have been without us. We apologize. We we had a good vacation and then last week we had kinda had to recover. But you're tuning back in. Episode fifty three of Bar Top Sports Talk. We are back. This is your host, Tino Bernal, in case you forgot. Co host, Ryan the Rhino Murray, Big Murr. Buddy Boy. Man, I got all kinds of names for you. Hmm. Worth it. We we hope everyone's been doing okay over these last three weeks. Again, we've been we've been eager to get back to it. Last week it just didn't work out. We were both kind of busy, so I'm, we're very excited to make the episode fifty three happen this week. First episode of June. We hope everyone's had a good start to the summer. Ryan, how's your summer been so far? It's been good, man. Staying Better busy. now that we're doing another episode. Yes, sir. Is this technically the first episode of summer? It is. Let's go. Summertime. Summertime in Kansas City. Gotta love it. Well, not really a lot going on, considering the Royals stink. We'll talk about them later, though. Some things to look forward to for episode 53. And by the way, I hope you guys all enjoyed episode 52. But some things to look forward to for episode 53. The NBA season has come to a conclusion, unfortunately. That's something I know Ryan is upset about. Bittersweet moment, right? Yeah. I don't know what what's going to occupy my time. Baseball? Nah. nah. <laughs> I I did see people, it's funny. This is the this is the weird time in the sports calendar. You have no football, you have no well technically you have football, you have the USFL league if if anybody's interested in that. Oh no. XFL didn't do very well. They lost what fifty, sixty million dollars. Really? Yeah. Are they going to be able to have a season two? Well, they said they'll be able to survive for another few years, but yeah, if they okay. lose any more money. But I mean, that's a side note. But if you're interested in the USFL, I think their playoffs are getting ready to start. Where for the most part, it's the College World Series, MLB season, tennis, golf. Does that pique your interest? No. I'm trying to get the summer runs in, man. I feel you. I feel you. So, I mean, it's a bittersweet moment now in the sports calendar. The NBA Finals have come and gone. The Denver Nuggets, we'll talk more about them. But, of course, we're going to talk the NBA Finals recap. We're going to have some of the latest rumors coming up for free agency, the draft, all everything NBA offseason. Very excited to get into that. We have some another MLB update. Week 12 power rankings as well as a... As I mentioned, this is going to be a very negative Royals update. I, I'm upset. I am upset. We've reached the point where, you know, there's not really much hope. I'll say that. That's the, pain. Be- that's the best way to preview it. NFL, we have a little bit of NFL news. We'll talk some more about it at the end of the show. Some of the latest news out of OTAs from a few teams. And some, and some news about the Chiefs. And one Patrick Mahomes. Gonna star in a Netflix series. Talk some more about that. And the trailer dropped today. Oh, it looked good. It looks great. We'll talk. We're gonna talk more about it during the NFL segment for sure. And I might as well just get it out of the way right now. Shout out to the Vegas Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup. I know we don't talk about hockey nearly enough. I know. Hopefully, Kansas City is in the running for a team. 
you know. But that'd make me a fan. Absolutely. I'd hop on board 100%. I don't watch hockey too much. This is the most I've ever been into it. Because, the, of course, the betting landscape. Mm. That's one of the only reasons. But, honestly, I watched a few playoff games. You know, it's interesting. I can see why people get excited about it. I would definitely want to go to a game sometime. Yeah, for sure. We can make it happen. So, uh, yeah. Maybe a partnership. You never know. I'd be down. I'd be down. Yeah, but the Vegas Golden Knights, then their seven years, one of the newest franchises in the league wins their first Stanley Cup. So, shout out to them. But to quickly, oh, sorry. So we're going to quickly recap our vacation to start episode 53 before we get into the sports side of things. So Ryan, real quick, what were some of the highlights of your vacation in Cancun? I mean, I feel like the highlights are probably like anybody else's would be, but I think the my favorite part about it is the change in culture. Like, you know how, and I'm not a Karen, you know that I'm too awkward. I'm never going to give people bad troubles, but you know how, like, you know, you go to, and I, like, we work, like, in the service industry, you know, so we know how people are, but, and how hard it can be, but you know how you go to restaurants, and it seems like half the time you either get your order wrong, or your food's cold, or, like, the waiter or waitress just giving you bad energy, or whatever, dude, just the attitude difference in Mexico, the cultural difference, just how, like, you're at a resort, but they just go above and beyond, I think that, that that always stands out even though i've already been multiple times every time i go it's always like a shock at first like the first two days you're like wow these people just work work working never complain always a smile just the nicest people ever i think that's my favorite part always i I can appreciate that or me not knowing spanish so then they'll try and like uh teach me a little bit of spanish when i'm ordering stuff i think that's always really cool too just the hospitality that's awesome, man. I'm glad you highlighted that. That's really cool. That is by far. If you haven't been, I recommend it because it is. It it really is unreal. Kind of a life changing moment, I guess. puts things puts things in perspective in a way. Yeah, because you think we have it bad here, but then like, you know, you talk to some of them, you get close to them because you're there for a week, so you know they kind of know the times you come down, and then like. You hear about their living conditions and how much they make, and they're not even telling you in a way to like make you feel bad or to like to tip more. They're just, you know, you're talking about life, just, and it's just crazy how thankful they are. I will say, not not throwing shade. That's why they call us Mexicans, not Mexicans. I'm probably from the mountains of Caucasus, dude, so I can't really say anything too crazy, <laughs> but just how polite they are, and just like for instance, like I was in the gym. You know, and there's a refrigerator with towels and water in it. And I always just thought it was when you first go in, get one, or when you're leaving, get one. And no, dude, there's this dude running around the gym the whole time. You need a towel? You need a towel? You need water? Like, even just at the gym. Like, like I've been to hotel gyms before, and normally there's not even anybody in there. They got a dude who's in there who's like, I don't know if he's a certified trainer, but you can just tell by his build and how he's helping people. Like, he knows what he's doing. And he's still just running around the whole time. Do you need towels? Do you just checking on everybody? Like, just, it's insane. About their hustle. Yeah. Just 100%. the nice, nicest. You never get attitude. You never, nothing. It's perfect. That's really cool. You had some time on the water, you said? Yeah. Pretty good time. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the island. It's like, some of the listeners might know. It's 
it's not Cosmel. It's like a party island type thing. And like I can show you pictures, but we're only like a you know a hundred yards off the. Do you call it the coast technically? Gulf Coast. No, like off the little party island thing. Oh, okay, yeah. And it's like, you know, we're we're not in like a yacht, but we're in a pretty big boat. But there's like yachts and stuff, and the water's so shallow, you get in there and it doesn't even cover like your chest. Oh wow! So that was just wild to see, and then like. You know, you go fishing at lakes and stuff. I've been fishing a lot, you know, spent a lot of my childhood at the lake fishing. And you see fish and you're like, oh, dang. Or you get like, you know, a 10-pound channel cat. And you're like, that's wicked. But like with all the, uh, like a lot of the crew members will throw fruit or like uh, chum in the water a little bit. Because like, I guess it's too shallow or they don't have like a lot of like predatory fish around. And you see the fish in there or one of them will bump your leg and you're like, oh, my God. That'd be a little freaky. <laughs> it's crazy seeing the difference in the size. Like, obviously, the ocean, the fish are going to be bigger, but you don't realize it until you're right next to them or when you're getting off the boat and you see all of them below you and you're like, man, that dude could carry me off if he wanted to, but he just wants some watermelon or something. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Definitely some exotic uh, species, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know if I sent you the pictures, but when we got, when that storm popped up out of nowhere and we had to hurry back, that was pretty, because it's always been my dream to like, you know, chase storms and stuff. I know that's a really white person thing to say. Yeah, I was going to say, what did you see, the movie uh, Twister? <laughs> yeah, I love all those movies, but when you're on the water, that's a completely different, completely different ball game. Oh, yeah. it, it came out of nowhere because there was supposed to be no bad weather for like three days. That's why we went the day we went and out of nowhere. Yeah, that's that's something that's out of your control. You know, if it happens, it happens. Good luck. It just shows you just how really small and weak we are like mother nature's undefeated for real so real quick mine some of the highlights i'd say really getting to spend time with my in-laws in san francisco that was it was one of the coolest things because i don't really have a lot of little like siblings or anything anything like that so i was being around my fiance's little cousins and everything every morning we'd all go eat breakfast down the lobby together i like that it was really cool and then just going to visit places, got to see Alcatraz Island. That was, dude, your snaps were, dude, that was so cool. It was just unbelievable. Yeah, if you if you follow along my snap story, you got a nice sneak peek, sneak peek of it. We visited the redwoods. Can't remember what the forest was, but that was said the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen in my life. Because I mean, obviously, we don't have that in Kansas. Then in Southern California, you know, getting to go to the Dodgers game, that was really cool. Going to go to La Jolla Cove down in San Diego. I was almost in Mexico. Yeah. I didn't realize how close San Diego was to Mexico, to the Mexican border. But we went there. It was a really special moment. We were able to, my aunt was able to spread my grandmother's ashes in the the beach area. So that was really cool. So I didn't know that, man. That's beautiful, for real. Yeah, it was, it was an awesome moment. It's definitely special. Something I'll remember forever. So, I mean, now in a way she's, she's limitless. She's, she's been limitless, obviously, but you know, now she's where she wants to be. Yeah. That's what she said. That was one of her, you know, her wishes. So, and where did she want to be spread? Just, uh, West coast on the, in the ocean. That's beautiful, man. Body of water. Yeah. Something like that. So it was really cool. What else? We went to Huntington beach. That was really beautiful. I, I, I like that beach. I don't really like the people there, but. The, the people yeah, it's a different 
those people in Cali is depending on where you go, it's a little, a little privileged. Yeah, absolutely. Especially Huntington Beach, but it was really cool. Best part about it, you know, getting to spend that time with my fiance too, being there for ten days or actually eleven days in California. This longest vacation we've been on. It was really cool. It's something, you know, I'm glad we got to do experience the whole time. You're kind of nervous, you know, financially and like, man, or uh, there's different things you, that cross your mind, but it's like you can't replace this experience. Exactly. So at the end of the day, that's all you have. Yeah, absolutely. Glad we got to do that. But definitely, definitely get to spend time with uh, her family and then, you know, my family, too. It was a it was a really good time. Great that's vacation. Good. I did want to ask before we move on, just because I've only been to one MLB park my entire life. I'd like to go to one of it more eventually, but I'm not too like, you know, into it. But tell us about your experience at the baseball game. How is that stadium different from Kauffman? Is there anything that you would like Kauffman to implement? I know that they're going through the whole thing. Are they going to switch where the Royals play and all that? But let's just say Kauffman stays where it's at. The Royals continue playing there. Do you think there's anything that what uh, MLB park did you go to? I went to two. Two? I went to two. My dude, which one? I got lucky. So my brother-in-law, my future brother-in-law, graduated from San Francisco State University. The university had their commencement ceremony at the San, uh, San Francisco Giants Stadium, Oracle Park. So I don't know if you're familiar with that ballpark. as the iconic backdrop where they have the Coca-Cola bottle and left field with the glove, and then in right field you have the cove where people are out on the in the bay and their kayaks and for the ca- home runs. Yeah, oh. yeah. So I mean, I've seen that stadium, you know, a hundred times on TV or whether it be MLB the show, and then to be there and where we sat too. We sat and it was funny. I, I've been telling people about the vacation. Her family, you know, we're just there for the graduation. For me, if anybody knows me be the sports geek that I am, I'm over here just in awe. You know, we're sitting club level, which normally would be $200, probably more. So, like, how far up is club level? The, the second, second, second level, yeah. But you have a perfect view of everything. And, you know, you have the quick access to food and drinks and everything, quick access to restrooms. But we just sat there for free. You know, it's just unbelievable. So that one is in downtown San Francisco. And it's right there. It's, I mean, it's literally right there next to the bay. And this downtown's over here to the left. I mean, obviously you guys can't see me, but I'm explaining it to Ryan. And then Dodger Stadium, really unique ballpark. Third oldest stadium in the MLB. That's cool. I'm glad you got to see that one. I didn't know you were going to Oracle. The differences between them and Kaufman, I really think this is what makes Kaufman unique. And some people, this is also why people dislike it. Nothing's around it, but think of the tailgating aspect. We had to take an Uber to get to Oracle Park. Dodger Stadium, there are areas where you can park and you probably could, you know, tailgate before the games and everything. But there's just, the drive to get to Dodger Stadium, depending on where you're at, traffic, you have to take that in, into consideration. So you really have to plan or plan accordingly versus, you know, going to Kaufman, it's just a straight shot. You go down I-70 and sometimes game days can be busy, but I mean, Royals right now, no one's really going to the game. So 
you you get in, you get out, and it's a good time. I feel like Kaufman has more space in the outfield. I think that they have a good game day experience. I didn't really venture out too much into Dodger Stadium, but Dodger Stadium was really cool. Um, I wish I did get to see a little bit more, but I, the outfield, just the view of everything. San Francisco is unique just because the the outfield backdrop as well. It was really cool. Did you get a beer bat? No, I didn't. Get My one. dude. I, I forgot all about it, actually. I had a mango cart. That's cool. Tall mango cart. Did Melissa have a good time? Mar- oh, Dang it. man. Marissa, did Who she have a good Melissa? time? I know too many Melissas and Marissas. It messes me up. She did. Yeah, she did. I'm Sa- glad, man. San Francisco, she was happy to spend a lot of time with her family. And then... You know, we had a good time in Southern California. We were able to just kick back and, you know, finally have a drink or two. Tried an edible. Oh, how was that? It was it was interesting. What dispensary did you go to? I couldn't even tell you. There's so many out there. Yeah. What edible did you get? It was a five milligram. Yeah. What was it? Um, Like a fruit gummy. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? I only felt it once, so the other times, like, it didn't re- surprisingly, it didn't affect me. One time, like, yeah, I felt it. That's cool, man. Yeah. That's awesome. It was funny. That's enough about our vacation, though. I'm glad we got to finally talk about it. I, we had to brag a little bit. You know, we had to explain where we were and the things we did. So we wanted to give that to the listeners. NBA Finals. Let's get into it. Denver Nuggets. First time in franchise history, 47 years in the making. It's funny when we were out there, my cousin, he's a, he's not born in Denver, but he was raised in Denver for most of his life. Diehard Denver Broncos fan, diehard. Well, he's not really diehard, but he loves the Nuggets. Likes, he loves the Rockies as well, but especially basketball. He refs basketball. He's played recreationally and everything. You know, he's 44 years old, so I was, like, really excited for him for this. So I, it was really cool to see the Nuggets win. It is cool. He said, it, he said it pretty funny. He put it this way. He was like, the Nuggets were always a lovable loser. So now for them to finally win, it's a pretty cool moment for them. I'm happy for them. The Nuggets owner, man, that guy, he's bringing in the money. I don't know if you saw the... Interesting tidbit about him or not, Ryan, or to our listeners as well. He is the owner of the Denver Nuggets, the Los Angeles Rams, Colorado Avalanche, and the, oh, it was another one. Is it this? Colorado Mammoth? I'm not sure. But basically all the teams that he owns have all won a major championship within the last two years. Four franchises. That's unheard of. That is unheard of. Like that, I didn't even know someone could be, have stake into four franchises. And they all, all Colorado franchises? Or? For the most part, but the Rams. Rams That's were so the, cool. Yeah. Just think about the investment and, you know, the return he's going to get whenever he sells. I mean, he's got to be one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, absolutely. I've never heard of him until, you know, this year. I remember, actually, I scratched that. I think I kind of remember him last year when the Colorado Avalanche won. Mm-hmm. 
which is really cool for the city of Denver and Colorado as a state. You have your two professional sports franchises win championships in a basically a calendar year. You know, that's not very, that doesn't happen very often. Only for a few cities, but that's about it. Nikolai Jokic or Nikola Jokic. What can you say? Finals MVP went on one of the most dominant playoff runs in recent years. The guy was just incredible. It's unbelievable. He plays like the old dad at the wreck, just giving everybody buckets, but he's doing it at the highest level on the grandest stage and just doesn't even really seem to care. He's just like, hey, I'm just trying to go home. Dude, it looks like it's like his part-time job. Yeah, I love that. I love all those memes. That's his, and it's not that he, don't get me wrong, he doesn't have a bad attitude, but that just seems like that's his demeanor. I think he's just humble. I think he's just proud to be in the NBA, but, you know, when you're half, I don't even know how many miles away that would be, but when you're halfway across the world from your family, I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that takes a toll on you. For sure. I think, yeah, for him, from his perspective, I feel that basketball, it's made him a lot of money. It's made him a very rich man. It's made him a very prominent man, especially in his country, especially in his hometown. But I feel like to him, there's probably more to life than basketball, which Mm -hmm. is really cool because most of the players in the NBA, you know, that's all that they have. Mm -hmm. So for him to you know as you mentioned be that humble it's really cool to see it yeah is. especially because some of the nba players they come from terrible terrible situations growing up in violent cities or whatever but that dude grew up in serbia i don't know if you've seen a lot of stuff about that but that's that's hardcore oh it's cutthroat for sure like that's some stuff so Nik- nikola Jokic becomes the sixth player born outside the united states 50, the 50 United States to win the finals MVP. He joins Giannis Antetokounmpo, Dirk, Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, and Hakeem Olajuwon. Where was Tim Duncan born? Um, I feel like a noob for not knowing that. I didn't know that. You know what? I'm not for sure, but I know for a fact he wasn't born in the United States. I think he was, he was born in some islands. I can't remember. Quick Google search. Yeah, the U.S. Virgin Islands, Saint. I can't pronounce that. Can you pronounce that? I'm not gonna dare do it. Saint Croix. Sounds right. I did not know that. How did I never know that? I knew it. It was. I've heard of it. I just never knew the exact name of it. So that is interesting. Because you guys think when I started watching the NBA like hard, hard, like in high school, I mean the Spurs were one of the most relevant teams. Like. Oh, for a twenty-year you know. stretch. Yeah, I just mean like when I got into it, and I never knew that he was born outside the state. Mm-hmm. That might just be another thing, just because similar to the Nikola Jokic thing, the doesn't talk to media much, doesn't say much, just kind of no drama, no social media, no. It's not the NBA season; you don't hear a word about him. I know some people would probably find him boring as a superstar. He probably is the most boring superstar in professional sports, but. It's kind of a nice change of pace. It's a breath of fresh air. He's a guy that's, you know, real reserved, real humble. I think it's, in a lot of ways, I think it's refreshing, especially to younger athletes in any sport, because it just goes to show, obviously, he's in the NBA, so he's obviously one of the best athletes on the planet. 
he might not look like it because of who he's going against, but he's just going to show like as long as you work hard, you get your teammates involved, you don't play selfish basketball, you make the right decisions, you know, you can still find success. You don't have to be the highest jumper. I know he's talked about that. You don't have to be the fastest. You don't have to be the best shooter. You can still contribute in many ways. Oh, he's, yeah, he probably can't jump over a piece of paper. No, I don't think I've ever seen him dunk, but dude, I mean, he's breaking stuff. I mean, when he's in the conversation already, like I saw on ESPN today, like, where's he rank among all-time centers and stuff like that? Like, I mean, he's still a young dude, too. He, 28 years old. I saw when he was drafted. This was like a week ago, but we didn't have the podcast, but I saw the little clip. He was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial break. Second round. Pick 35, right? I thought it was 41, but I don't know. Some, but they have a second round where they usually show the commercials because the guys aren't in attendance for the draft. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable to how far he's came. And then the cool story about him when he was a, a little boy in Serbia wearing that Denver Nuggets sweater. Yep. You know, what a, what a full circle moment. Mm-hmm. That, that is just unbelievable. It gives me chills. That's God's plan. It is, man. That's, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm happy for him. He's a very likable guy. The Denver Nuggets are probably one of the most likable teams in the league. Yeah, mainly because they got a Jayhawk on the roster. But like LeBron said, you can't win a chip without a Jayhawk. Two of them. Yeah, Darrell Arthur was in the front office, right? Yeah, I didn't know yeah. that. I didn't know he was still affiliated with them. Did he play? He played with the Nuggets for he a few did. years too, didn't he? Yep. So Nikola Jokic, for the entire postseason, it was the first time in NBA history that a player has led the postseason statistics, all categories, points, rebounds, assists, well, probably the major ones. I doubt blocks. He's not a shot blocker. No. But to lead points, rebounds, and assists as a center, that's unbelievable from the points perspective. The entire, so him, even Jamal Murray, Jamal Murray, I, I like him a lot. He's a really, he's a really good ball player. Oh, I love, his attitude's great and everything that he came back from. And like, you got to think, you know, he played at Kentucky, right? Yeah. I'm not tripping, so you got to think, best player, probably he knew from the moment he picked up a basketball, then high school, then college, then NBA, then the bubble, then he has all those knee injuries, is he going to be able to come back? Everybody was saying that's just the bubble, he can't do it. Seeing his come up has been great. I, I don't know if I'd call it a comeback, I'd say a, what do you call it, his recovery? Like showing that, hey, he is you know one of the top players in the league when he's fully healthy. He's shown that time and time again. He needs his respect because when he was in the bubble, man, that dude was on another level. I'll never forget him and Donovan Mitchell. They can say whatever they want in the bubble. That was one of the best series I've ever watched. Just high level. Yeah, high level basketball. I really like his game. He's been fun to watch. So those two, as I mentioned, Nikola Jokic led in all categories or points, rebounds, and assists for the entire postseason out of any player. But the two combined... They also made history. They were the first duo in NBA history throughout the entire postseason to average over 25 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists. Jokic averaged 30 points, 13.5 rebounds, and 9.5 assists. Jamal Murray, he averaged 21 or 26.1 points per game, 5.7 rebounds per game, which is really good for him considering he's not known to be a rebounding guard. And then 7.1 assists per game. 
which is again really good for him because amongst guys that can dish the ball or distribute the ball he's not really in that conversation he doesn't really get respected that way and he's a volume shooter too so the fact that he's able to get good enough position to get those boards that's just another example of putting the team first in my opinion because some people you know they shoot the three and sometimes they'll even be slow getting back on defense we see it more and more in basketball but he's i mean he's in what six five six six somewhere in that ballpark probably six three yeah maybe with shoes whatever and he's still down there fighting getting boards especially with a scrappy team like miami i think that's just really really cool i like him i like i like that duo i even i put you on the spot what was it a week ago on twitter i asked you is this the modern kobe and shack and i know people are quick to throw that out they've thrown they threw it out there for harden and Embiid, and i'm sure any big man and you know a good shooting guard there's always going to be that comparison i'm i don't know it's hard to say it's even hard to really compare the two because just different play styles but small sample size different rules but i think one of the things i can't remember what sports show i was watching but they made a really good point i'm not the one who came up with this but you see a lot of duos kind of get jealous of the other in a way or their egos are always clashing like kobe and Shaq, all that drama you see but nikola Jokic and Jamal, I mean, they. it doesn't really seem like they care as long as they're winning. They have and such that good is chemistry. a dangerous combo because that team has most of their core locked up for at least another year or two. Which kind of brings, I'm, I'm going to jump into it. So, in your opinion, I feel like this is probably an obvious answer. Which team do you think makes it back to the NBA Finals? If I had to pick Miami or Denver. Denver. I don't want to be too harsh on Miami because I understand with the roster they have, you know, Victor Oladipo was finally playing well, then he gets hurt. Kyle Lowry's getting older, then he gets hurt, missed some games at the end, came back. I still don't think he was himself. You know, Tyler Hero gets hurt, and we know how he plays in big games. So I understand they weren't at full strength, but I would say definitely. And I know there's still free agency. There's a lot of stuff that could go around, a lot of moves. but. Unless something major happens, I'd say Denver. Yeah. I don't know what the odds are again, but the fact that they're able to keep that core together again, and now you also have their younger players coming back, like Christian Brown gaining more confidence, getting more minutes, getting a more like stable role in that rotation. Plus, you got the real MVP on your team and Jamal Murray, especially if everybody can stay healthy. They were able to turn around Aaron Gordon's career. He was basically just like a dunk or nothing big man, just like when he played at Arizona. And then now he's like, now he can shoot the ball. He's facilitating the ball. He's playing hard defense down there, rebounding. Really good defense. And maybe that might make me sound like a casual. Most of those Nuggets games are on too late during the regular season. So I know I caught very few of them, but just seeing him in the playoffs, the player he was for the first seven years with Orlando to what he is now. Oh, I, I think that's crazy. It's night and day difference. Mike Malone and his staff did a really good job with him. There's not a lot of NBA teams that emphasize defense like that and playing hard, but Denver definitely does. Because when you look at the stats, like, yeah, they beat Miami. They beat them in five. But, like, they didn't even play their best game. No. Nowhere near their best games. Game five, they didn't shoot the ball from three yet well at all. So, real quick. So, I, I agree with you. I think Denver makes it back if, out of the two. But here's a look at Miami's roster for the 2023-2024 season. Uh, the 
remaining contract guarantees on the roster right now. Jimmy Butler, he has a three-year deal. Tyler Hero has a four-year deal. Bam Adebayo has a three-year deal. Duncan Robinson, three years, 57 million left. Sick. On who? Duncan Robinson. Oh, he he got a bag from how he played in the bubble. That's and, disgusting. And you got to think, he got a lot of those extra minutes with Oladipo not playing anymore, with his patellar in, injury, and then with Tyler Hero being out. And he was getting shots. He was getting wide-open looks, but he also can't play D. It seems like he doesn't play aggressive. I say you try and move that, get somebody else. That's a, they free up a lot of cap space. If you can even move him at this point with how he's played, especially in the postseason. He, he, had, he had a couple good games yeah. here and there, but... It's just not the same. He just doesn't have that killer instinct. No. Kyle Lowry, one year, $29.6 million. He'll be 38. You got to get him out of there. Caleb Martin, I think he is going to be extended at some point. Two years, $14 million left on his deal. And then Nikola Jovic for the Miami Heat. He was a rookie. I think he's kind of irrelevant. How crazy. Dude was 20 and couldn't even. Oh, I guess he didn't win at all. But I just think that's crazy. Like, yeah. Udonis Haslam, I think, was 43, and he was 20. He was, like, the youngest and oldest in NBA Finals history or whatever. I think I saw that stat. Mm-hmm. Or teammates, whatever. And then they're unrestricted free agents. Udonis Haslam, we already know he's going to retire. Kevin Love, Max Struess. I think they need to bring back, or bring back Max Struess. Gabe Vincent, they should probably bring back. And then Cody Zeller. And then for the Nuggets, you have, give me one second. The Nuggets, their roster for next year shapes up like this. You have Jokic under contract for five years. Michael Porter Jr. under contract for four years. Jamal Murray, two years left. They're probably going to have to extend him. They're going to have to find some way. Aaron Gordon, three years. I think he plays that out, and then they probably move on from him. But I think they'll, you know, that's still, that's your four core players right there. Yeah, and CB too. And then Contavious Caldwell-Pope, two years. Christian Brown, he has one year. I think they're going to extend him. I mean, from a rookie to move up to the eighth man on a championship team, knowing that they're going to be able to re-sign him for a very friendly deal, I mean, that they have a dangerous team still. Oh, absolutely. I I think they should be the favorites, but we'll get into that in a few minutes. Hector was actually surprised that Christian Brown was in the eight man rotation. He didn't know. I told him, come on, man. I mean, it was, I think, before the All-Star break when Mike Malone was like, uh, had that press conference, and I don't know how he phrased it. I remember watching it, but how he's going to have an elevated role. And sometimes he'd play in consistent minutes, but I think that just goes to show just kind of what that whole team is built around, unselfish. And CB, they even interviewed him, and he said, I'm a 3 and D guy. Get Joker the ball. Get Jamal the ball. I'll defend the best player. That way Jamal can have all the energy. You got to they talk about everybody Aaron Gordon guarded. Well, Aaron Gordon's been in the league for a long time. He's a big dude. CB's a year out of college. Can you believe Aaron Gordon's been in the league nine years? I can't. I can't. I remember him at Arizona, and then when he went to the Magic, it was just kind of like a dunk or nothing kind of thing. Like the highlight of his NBA career before this year was second place in the dunk contest. Yep. So the they're unrestricted free agents. They have Thomas Bryant. I, I want to say they bring him back. I think he could have an expanded role next year because he showed pretty good potential with the Lakers. And then his role obviously got diminished once he went to 
Denver, but I think he's a good player. Jeff Green, Uncle Jeff Green, Reggie Jackson, DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith. Bruce Brown has a player option. I think Bruce Brown's going to want to chase the money, though. I don't blame him. He earned it. He got a ring. Now you can go out and make big money. Maybe get an elevated role somewhere else. Yeah, I think he wants to be a starter. I can see that happening for him. And real quick, I kind of wanted your opinion. Two questions. How did the Nuggets beat the Heat? And what happened to Jimmy Butler? I think at the end of the day, it comes down to a one seed, a legitimate, great, deep team playing against a team that, you know, if Giannis doesn't get hurt, do they win that series? You know, and then that Celtics series, yeah, they won it. But didn't they win three straight, and then it took to game seven? And Jimmy Butler's always been one of those dudes, like in the Milwaukee series, he went crazy, had a couple big games, had two big games against the Celtics, but he's just never been, like obviously he's a star, he's gotten money, he's, what, he had 56 points in the first series, but I think it just comes down to they weren't a fully healthy team, I don't think they attacked Joker that much, like, and I had, like, I know in my notes, I had it, like, for every game, just in case we ever did, like, recap every game. But, like, the first game, they just basically get destroyed. But then it's like, in game one, they had two free throws. Which is surprising because they were getting to the line a lot against Boston. Like, if you're going to beat Joker, the only way you're going to beat that team, if you have a chance at all, obviously your role players have to step up and hit shots, which they were hitting shots, you know, for what, three weeks, four weeks, and then just, but eventually that, that runs out. Stupid. It just runs out, and Jimmy's just another one of those guys. You know, when he's playing in the high 40 minutes, there's only so much you can do, especially when your role players aren't giving you anything. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I just think it comes to a one seed playing against a playing team. And Jimmy Butler's never been able to have stay at that level for an extended period of time. But also, I know he had problems with the ankle, so I don't know how healthy he was. And I know sometimes I feel like with the NBA, it comes down to who not necessarily is the best team by the end of the year, but who's the healthiest. Because Victor Oladipo, I mean, he was finally starting to play good, meaningful minutes, then gets hurt. Obviously, you, you lose Tyler Hero. Was it in the play, playing game or the Milwaukee series? Might have been playing. I mean, he's your best shooter. He gets hurt. I don't feel like they attacked Joker as much as they should have. And then, bam, another one of those, almost kind of like on the, on the Anthony Davis level where he might have 20 and 15 with a couple blocks, and then the next game he'll have you 6 and 8, you know, with four fouls. It's just... I actually think he outplayed Jimmy in the finals. Yeah, he had some good games. I'd I, say he was just, the Heat's best player in the it's finals. Just inconsistent. And then you see Kyle Lowry. I know he hit some big shots here and there, especially in the series before the finals, in the playoffs before the finals. but. You know, he can barely move. He can barely play defense at all. That's a liability. Kevin Love, I understand you want some veterans on the team, but that dude, he just can't. He can't move. Yeah, he's not what he used to be. He's just, I mean, because, like, with a team like that, you got to say, okay, who's going to beat us? We can't let Joker beat us. Obviously, that was their game plan, and he's such a great player. You can't shut him down, but you think you'd at least try and, like, at least the first quarter just, Pound the paint, pound the paint, pound the paint. Do whatever you can. Try and get him in foul trouble. And then they had the strategy, try to make him score. And whenever, for some reason, I think they were like, oh, I, I can't remember what it was. But in the 
in the season when he scores more than 40 points a game, I think they were they hadn't won a single game, and yeah. that's how they won game. It was game two, two. right? Yep. They made him score the ball, so because he scored 51 or uh, 41, 41. I just think it, I think I ended up having them in six. I think is what I said on the last podcast. But then when I heard Bill Self was going out there for game five, I was like, "Oh, it's over." Oh, but, I pick, I picked him from five from the jump, and that's because I'm a hater. I hate the Miami Heat. And it goes back to the heel era. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, no. I, you got some PTSD going on from that. Yeah, unfortunately. Those were some of the first seasons that I really paid attention to basketball because before that, you know, I was football. So, what was your, uh, what happened to Jimmy? I answered that one. Yeah, right? you, you answered yeah. both. I do want to say, as I mentioned, I'm a Heat hater. I'm very glad they lost. I think they, I wish they would have played that bad against Boston. They, they, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin had the series of his life against the Boston Celtics and completely disappears against Denver. Like, I think that also goes to show so Boston's weakness all season long, really. Like, defense. Like, when they needed it, they yeah. just, you know. But then with how hot Miami was, especially the first three games of that series, that was crazy. It was just terrible, 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 terrible. No adjustments. They've played this team, you know, four times in the last four years, I want to say. Yeah. It's the same weak college zone defense. It's the equivalent to a high school team in Kansas just running the clock out because there's no shot clock. You're weak. Playing four corners like it's 1954. You're weak. You can't match up one-on-one because your guys aren't that good. It's just frustrating. Miami was infuriate, infuriating team. Oh, for sure. No, I, I, th- I take that back. They're good. They're good. They're, they're good, but I mean, at the end of the day, they definitely. It just obviously, I'm not a Celtics hater. I like to bother you about it, but I think they it would have been better for basketball. And like you said, like in the notes, and we talked about a little bit of the viewership and everything. If the Celtics were in that series, I bet it wouldn't be over yet. Or at least I would hope not, just because they have so many players. But I don't know. I mean, we, we still would have lost, I think, because we don't have anybody that could guard Jokic. The one good thing that the Celtics probably would have had is getting transition points. But, I mean, I think they still would have lost. But I am glad. And I want to say, if my brother-in-law, my future brother-in-law ever hears this, I told you, Denver and five. He, he he wanted, it was funny, that was another highlight of the trip. We were in San Francisco at his graduation party. We were watching the end of the game because he likes the heat. He likes Jimmy Butler. And we were watching game six when, who was it? Uh, Derek White hit that buzzer beater mm-hmm. with a layup. We were watching it outside the house. And I thought the game was over because I was looking at it on the ESPN app. I was like, you got to be kidding me. We just lost. Oh yeah, you were texting me about it. I was at work. I was like, "Man, I'm sorry, Tino." And then, but we were watching it, and, and then they won. And I got so hyped. But then he was saying the Celtics were still going to lose. And then he messaged me when he was on vacation, bragging, gloating. It. He had to throw it in my face, saying the Celtics lost. And I was like, "Well, Denver's going to beat the Heat in five. He said Heat in six. I was like, "No, sir." So I had to throw it out there. I think it was one of those. It was just kind of like one of those teams that. I would just compare it to March Madness almost like they weren't the best team, but they got hot when they needed to. And then at the end of the day, the 
champion. I mean, the fakers and the real ones, it's going to separate. That team just was not deep enough. I agree. Now, we talked about it a few times. We mentioned Christian Brown. He joined Elite Company. He became the fifth player ever in the game of basketball to win a national championship and an NBA title in back-to-back years. He joined Magic Johnson, Bill Russell, Henry Bibby, I don't know who that is, and Billy Thompson, I don't know who that is. But but Magic Johnson and Bill Russell, to be in the same breath as them? Yeah, you got to think, he had three straight high school titles. A year, was it his first year that was canceled for COVID? And then I can't remember who he lost to the next year, but he only lost two tournaments in college. And then national championship. And then not only is he a part of an NBA championship team, but he had some big buckets and some big defensive possessions to help them win that Absolutely. playoff series. He's a winner. He, he is a winner. He's a dog. And he, did you see like his uh, picture when they had the co- him holding the college uh, championship and then him now? He's definitely put on some lean muscle too, dude. Like He has an NBA body now. Oh, yeah, for sure. He, uh, yeah, I know a little undersized, but he's definitely, his hard work and defense, that's, what's gonna, that's what got him into the league. Like 3 and D and also so and so. Like, I can't imagine how hard it must be because obviously I'm not talented at basketball. From being the top dog your entire life, like always starting, always winning championships, always scoring, always having highlight reels, being the top. I mean, the big guy on campus at KU, you know, obviously the big guy at what was it, Blue Valley Northwest? Mm hmm. And then you get to the NBA and you're like, oh. He I'm accepted not, his role. I'm not even in the rotation. How am I going to set myself apart? Puts on muscle, puts on work, and then he was like a rotation player for a championship team, a deep championship team. It's one of the craziest stories ever. It's cool to see. He was a three-star recruit. KC Metro kid. KC Metro kid. Shout out to him. I'm happy for Christian Brown. That's really cool. But it just comes to, it just comes to show Kansas produces champions. I mean, what can we say? We're, we got to, I mean. We game, might not have the most players in the league, but we got an MVP in the league, and we got a couple champions still in the league. I mean, the game was invented in Lawrence. They're not in Lawrence necessarily, but a man that coached the KU. NBA title, Jayhawks to win an NBA title in, in some capacity. That granted, some of these guys didn't play significant minutes, but since 2000, we have Wayne Simeon, Jacques Vaughn, Scott Pollard, Paul Pierce, Mario Chalmers twice, Brandon Rush, Shasha Khan, Markeith Morris, Andrew Wiggins, and now Christian Brown. All those Jayhawks that have won NBA titles, again, in some capacity since 2000. I think that's really cool. Amazing. Rock Chalk. Forever. That's enough of the recap for the NBA Finals. We spent quite a bit of time on that, but I mean, it was a must. I know I've been itching to talk some some hoops for sure. Oh, me too. I'm sad that it's over for now. No, no. Now we just have the drafts. We have free agency, as I mentioned. So real quick before we get into that, the 2023-2024 NBA Finals odds, according to Vegas Insider, Denver Nuggets plus 460. You can grab them right now. It might go back to back. It's looking like it. The Milwaukee Bucks, second highest odds. They also are plus 460. I don't know if I trust them. Not sure. The East, just one of those. I know there's a lot of free agents that can move around. I know there's it's a big season, but I just don't see anybody in the East or really in the West being able to compete with the depth 
and the age of the Nuggets. Like, they're a young team. Like, yeah, I know they have some vets who've been in the league for a while, but it's not like they're a bunch of old dudes like the Warriors were this year, you know? No, their core, their core four is Michael Porter Jr. is the youngest, so it ranges like 23 to 28. Yep. That's a really good situation. Boston Celtics at plus 500. My Boston Celtics. It's a big offseason for them. I don't know what they're going to do. Kind of stumped. Back-to-back years, you come up short. I mean, I, I really don't know. I don't know if you can really call them. I mean, on paper, they're a contender, but I don't know if you can really call them a contender anymore. What do you think? What? So I know we're, we've been talking about basketball for a while, but since it's free agency, are there any moves or anything you would like to see them do if you were in charge? Front court depth. But we'll get into that in a second. Phoenix at plus 700 and the Golden State Warriors. People still like them a lot. Plus 1,200. They have the fifth highest odds. Yeah, there's still a lot of questions up in the air with that organization this offseason with contracts and stuff. So here's a look. Shout out to SpotTrack, too, for doing the research on all of this. So here is a list of the restricted free agents for this upcoming summer. You have Ayo Dosunamu of the Chicago Bulls, Rui Hachimura. I think he's a really, he could be a good addition to a lot of teams. Jackson Hayes, seven-footer from the Pelicans. Cam Johnson is probably going to get paid. I think Brooklyn brings him back. Trey Jones, Jock Landell, Mac McClung, who's picking the dunk champ up. Austin Reeves is going to get a bag. Cam Reddish, Matisse Thibault, P.J. Washington, Kobe White, Grant Williams. Grant Williams, I think, is gone from the Celtics. The player options, you have Chris Middleton, Kristaps Porzingis, James Harden, Draymond Green, Gary Trent Jr., Jordan Clark, Jordan Clarkson, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart, Bruce Brown, and Dante DiVincenzo. Chris Middleton has the highest player option at $40 million. That If he opts into it, that's going to set the Bucks back Yeah, with what they can do filling out their roster. We already know that James Harden declined his, so he's going to test free agency. And then the unrestricted free agents, you have Harrison Barnes. Harrison Barnes has been in the league a long time now. What, the Black Falcon? (laughs) Is that what they call him? I think that was his nickname when he played for the Warriors. Like in college and stuff, and then with the Warriors. Oh, uh, at North Carolina? That's funny. I think he could still add depth to a lot of teams. I think so, too. Dylan Brooks. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he got dissed. He got a stray from Polo G. <laughs> what song is that? I gotta add it. Oh, it was on some uh one of the radio shows or something where they do the rappers do freestyle. I can't remember what it was, but I'll he, have to look that up. Dylan Brooks caught a stray from Polo G. I thought that was funny. Jeremy Grant, Kyrie Irving, Karis LeVert, Brooke Lopez, Kelly Oubre Jr., Mason Plumley, Jacob Polti, D'Angelo Russell, Max Struess, Fred Van Fleet. Nikola Vucevic, or Nikola, yeah, Nikola Vucevic, Russell Westbrook, and Christian Wood. A lot of good unrestricted free agents. That's a pretty good pool. Yeah, if you bring up Chris Paul or whatever, I don't know what you call him since he got released. So would he just be a regular free agent? The lingo kind of messes me up sometimes. I'm not even 100% sure on that. The NBA is kind of weird with how they yeah, classify it. And he was actually linked to the San Antonio Spurs. Since we, since we start there, we'll get into the latest rumors. He's the Spurs are the favorite to land Chris Paul. 
So that roster, you could see him and Wimby teaming up. Yeah. Be interesting. I think, I mean, at this point for the San Antonio Spurs, why not? I don't know who their starting point guard is. Chris Paul, I mean, he would be good. I feel like he could fit in that rotation well because he's not going to be asked to score. I think him and Pop would get along. Which I know he shot later in his career, he started to take more threes, more jump shots and stuff. But playing with such a young, athletic team like that, it could. As long as they get Wimby's body right, however you pronounce his name, I think he'll be all right. Mm -hmm. That could be a, maybe not this year or like this coming year, but maybe two years. It could be a monster. Oh, I don't know if Chris Paul is going to last that long, but. I just meant like the Spurs. Oh, yeah. So the draft is around the corner next week, June 22nd. So the next episode, episode 44 or 54, we'll probably be previewing that. I'm not sure what day that lines up on. I think it's a Thursday, 22nd. Let's take a look at the calendar real quick. I'm sure. So today's the 14th. It is next Thursday. So we will be able to preview it. But there are some rumors already circulating around the NBA draft. Trailblazers. There's been talks that they might trade the number three overall pick. There's also talks that they might trade Damian Lillard. Not 100% sure. But then they've gone back and forth. So the most recent news is that they say that they're not going to trade Dame. Who knows? I saw the rumor. I hope he ends up in Philly. Mm. Embiid. I feel like Damian Lillard has given enough of his career to that franchise. Listen, you've made your money. You've done everything you could. You're a pillar in that community. You've tried to lead the young guys. You've never spoken bad about the organization. I know the last couple months he's been, he said some things, but still, I don't feel like anything out of pocket. But at this point, it's like, you've been loyal enough, dude. Go chase a chip while you still have a couple where you can still be like an active member of the team. Yeah, because he's not getting any younger either. I really want to see him get a chip because he, I mean, what, Weber State? Yep. I mean, come on. It's come a long way. And then another trade rumor, Bradley Beal. He's, he'll be one of the big, he'd be, that'd be a blockbuster trade. But actually, according to reports, they're saying that the Wizards would not get a big haul for him. And that's because of his contract, because he did sign that ex- massive extension last year. I believe he's due $250 million on his deal. Oh. Something in that ballpark. So, obviously, teams aren't going to want to take on that cap hit. Yeah. How old is he? He, I believe, is in his late 20s, maybe early 30s. He's yeah. been in the league for a while now, too, out of Florida. The New Orleans Pelicans. Are reported to be shopping Zion Williamson. Yeah, it's sad, man, but... After the recent news of him last week, I mean, that you pair that with him not playing games, not being available due to injury, I think it's kind of enough. Enough is enough. Well, especially with all the off-season drama he's had the last couple weeks, it, it might be time. Because especially after the John Morant thing and how they're starting to handle everything, they might not want to put up with that. If you're not, if John Morant is producing on the court and they're not going to put up with that, if Zion can't even get onto the court and he's bringing that much negative publicity, dang it, publicity, 
I don't think they're going to put up with that. But I just don't know who would take on that max deal like that. Because wasn't it a super max? Yeah, I believe so. Because I know we went over it. I mean, that was probably like six weeks ago. Before the postseason even started, I remember we were talking about that when they could have pushed into the play-in. But I want to say he's making over $150 million. Oh, it, it was something ridiculous. I think it was like 40 mil a year or 50 mil a year. It was something crazy. Close, close to 40 mil, I want to say, yeah. The Memphis Grizzlies are looking to move up as high as number three, I think, in the top five, possibly, or in the top 10 at least. That's interesting. Who would they give up? Where are they picking at now? I believe they're I pick 25. I haven't gone too much into the draft yet because I wanted to make sure the finals were over before I started. Yeah, I believe Memphis is picked 25, last I saw. Could be wrong, but I know they're in the mid-20s. So, yeah, they'd have to give up quite a bit to move, you know, within the top 10. If that's where they were going to do, that's where the top prospects are. I know who they're going to get. I know who they're moving up for. Who? Just just popped in my mind. Brandon Miller? (laughs) No, no, no. (laughs) They got shooters on the team, boy. Oh, man. Oh, that's. You're too quick with that. Grady Dick. Dude, that would be cool. I guess a lot of it just... I know you have it in the notes. I don't want to jump far, jump too far, but I think a lot of their draft is just going to depend on when Adam Silver releases whatever's going to happen. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe they go after Scoot Henderson. Yeah. I mean, if your season... You know, let's say he does get half a season. Season's probably over in the West for the most part. Yeah, if they're so it's like I don't think their roster can compete. So it's like why trade up now? You know, yeah. might as well just try and get young talent, develop people, then have a great pick next year. That is a good question, though. What would they give up? That's going to be something to monitor for sure. And then last but not least for the NBA rumors, this was old news technically because it was last week. Adam Silver, you know, he's had his interviews during the NBA Finals. And the reporters asked him about expansion. So we've talked a lot on this show about NBA expansion and how badly we want it in Kansas City. So people threw out uh, some cities, obviously Seattle and Vegas. I think they're the top candidates. Mexico City's been thrown out there. That would be awesome, I think. Which is really, yeah, it's an intriguing city for sure. Kansas City, Nashville, Louisville. Louisville is a popular one. Pittsburgh. So that's it's something to keep an eye on as well. I hope Kansas City. Yeah, I'm biased. I want us. I think they would just have to figure out the money because I guess a lot of the reasons why we haven't been able to so far or even really get into it is because of the Sprint Center make or T-Mobile Center makes so much more money off concerts and stuff. It would be like, where would they play? Would they have to build a new like arena type thing or would they just play somewhere else? what Kemper I think I saw but would that have seats no it doesn't so it's like I think I say just host less concerts you're not even getting any big time acts anymore yeah for real I've I've noticed that all it is is country stars yeah Jelly Roll Luke Combs (laughs) Luke Bryan yeah and those and those people mainly go to Arrowhead now yeah during the summer tours like Taylor Swift they're not going I'll be there (laughs) oh my god you did not just say that Nah, uh, one of my good friends from work, Pam, shout out. She's like my work mom, man. She was like, I'm taking my daughters. Do you want to go? And I was like, I don't really know about any of that stuff. But <laughs> we're in it. So I'll be there. I don't really know much 
many Taylor Swift songs, but I'll be there. But I'll be able to be an Arrowhead though, so it's still a win. Okay, okay, I I get you there. That's that is a win. Now I do want to say before we move on to the MLB segment, we'll kind of wrap up the show shortly after that. I did watch two hoops films on vacation that I'm going to suggest to our listeners and to you. White Man Can't Jump, the reboot. How'd you like it? Or the remake, I guess. I liked it. I feel like too many... I haven't watched it yet because I want to be able to watch it without any interruptions, like not at work or anything. And I also want to watch the original again. But from what I've seen from all the haters, it's just usually the old heads who are comparing it to the original, but it's like it's a new movie. They're using new popular people. Give it a chance. So obviously the original is a classic. The characters aren't the same, so the name-wise at least. Mm-hmm. The storyline's basically the same though, but Jack Harlow did good. I think he, he was funny. I love that dude. And then the other actor, he played a really good role too. I liked it. it. I mean, it was solid. It was a solid movie. The other one, this has been really popular, Air. How'd you like it? It was really interesting. It's it's, it's a, kind of a slow movie. Some people may not be intrigued by it, but in, unless you're interested in, you know, Nike or marketing or sponsorship deals or Michael Jordan, you probably it's probably not your movie. But if you are into those things, like it'll definitely pique your interest. It was really interesting to hear the the backstory of how that deal came to be in the most iconic shoe, you know. After what forty years, it's still easily the most iconic shoe, the most iconic shoe deal, the shoe line. So yeah, I, I like that movie a lot. It was really cool. Cool man. Now we'll get into MLB. Week twelve power rankings. I'll run through these quickly. I don't remember last week's. I think the Tampa Bay Rays were still number one record wise. They've been sliding a little bit. How did they lose to the Oakland A's twice? Sad. They're number one, though. Texas Rangers, they're number two. They played really well lately. The Atlanta Braves, number three. Baltimore, stand up. Baltimore, I remember me and Hector hyped them up towards the end of last season. They got hot at the end of the year, but fell short of the playoffs. But this year, they're right on the heels of the Tampa Bay Rays now. Arizona Diamondbacks have been one of the hottest teams in baseball. The Los Angeles Dodgers at number six. Houston Astros at number seven. Yankees at number eight, Blue Jays at number nine, and the Twins at number 10. Quick look at the standings as the playoff picture. Well, I mean, we're still a long way from playoffs, but we're, what, over 60 games in. So, yeah, I think it's good to cover. Almost half the way, almost halfway through the season. So, here's how the standings look American League. Tampa Bay is leading by four games to the next closest. This is the Orioles. The Twins, they're leading the AL Central by three games over Cleveland. It is actually the worst division in baseball. At one point last week, the Twins were under 500. So the AL Central is terrible. (laughs) Texas Rangers are leading the AL West over the defending champs by three and a half games. The Atlanta Braves are leading... The AL or the NL East by four and a half games. The Miami Marlins are actually being competitive. They're they're pretty close. That's pretty surprising. They've been a surprising team this season. Another surprising team. I've highlighted them a few times during this podcast, especially during the spring. The Pittsburgh Pirates. They're leading the NL Central. That is probably the second worst 
division in baseball. They're leading the division by one and a half games over Milwaukee. And then the Arizona Diamondbacks are leading the NL West over the Los Angeles Dodgers by three games. That, that's one to keep an eye on to see if the Diamondbacks, will they fall back down to earth or will they continue to run away with that division over the Los Angeles Dodgers? The Dodgers have dominated that division for years. Or not really for years, but in recent years. It hasn't been close. While we're on the Diamondbacks, they, oh, this was as of two days ago, they, they had a five-game winning streak, and they're, as of right now, they're on pace to win 100 games. And the Diamondbacks, they've been bad. Not as bad as the Royals, but they've been bad for a while. Players of the week, from last week, you have two rookies. Gunnar Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles and Corbin Carroll of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So again, two two underdog teams. It's cool to see. Instead of all the, you know, usually the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Astros, you're starting to see more disparity in baseball this season, which is really cool to see. What else? You have the uh, the MVP rankings were updated yesterday. According to MLB.com, you have Shohei Otani leading the way for the AL, Aaron Judge, number two, Wander Franco, number three, Marcus Simeon, number four, and then Bo Bichette, number five. On the NL side, Ronald Cunha is still leading the NL MVP race. Freddie Freeman, I feel like Freddie Freeman's a close second. Corbin Carroll, the rookie for Arizona, number three. Luis Arias for the Miami Marlins. Can he hit 400 for the season? That is the question. He's been on fire at the plate this season. And then Mookie Betts of the Dodgers rounds off that five. And then the MLB, I believe, also released the Cy Young betting odds. For the AL side, Shane McClanahan, I believe he has held down the top spot for a while. And on the NL side, this might change, but this was as of believe a day ago Spencer Strider leads the NL side and now we get this this is gonna be cool I think this will be a good experience for you Ryan for this year this your first real year getting into baseball you get to vote for the all-star game and take a look at all-star game rosters so to start off the all-star update you have Shohei Otani leading the way for the AL is the most boat getters with 924,000. And then you have Ronald Acuna with over a million votes, which is interesting. I thought Otani would have probably had more votes just because he's an international superstar. I'm a casual man. I'm going to have to get into baseball for the, at least after the NBA draft. Other than the NBA draft until the summer league, there's nothing. I'm going to have to learn this stuff. I'm going to be texting you a lot of questions, man. Might even have to get Hector's number. I don't know. That's perfectly fine. It's fun, man. It's the game to me has become more interesting, more appeal to it. I like the, what intrigues me about baseball is this, the numbers aspect. There's so much data. Like the analytic. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's become so much more of a strategic game. And I think that it's more strategic than other sports, which is really cool. 
Football is a close second. Basketball, I feel like you kind of just, you could throw anybody out there and they'll do whatever to an extent. Now the AL has a June 12th. This is what the starting lineup would look like for the All-Star game. At catcher, you have Adley Rutschman of the Baltimore Orioles. Shohei Otani as a DH. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. at first base of the Blue, Toronto Blue Jays. Marcus Simeon at second of the Tampa Bay or the Texas Rangers. Boba Shett, another Blue Jay at shortstop. Matt Chapman of the Blue Jays. Three Blue Jays in the starting lineup so far at third base. Aaron Judge in right field. Mike Trout in center field. And Jordan Alvarez, I believe the reigning AL MVP. And left field. And then on the NL side, you have Sean Murphy of the Atlanta Braves at catcher. J.D. Martinez. Been a really good free agent signing from the Los Angeles Dodgers as the DH. Freddie Freeman at first base. Luis Arise of the Miami Marlins at second base. Orlando Orlando Arcia, shortstop of the Atlanta Braves. Nolan Arenado of the St. Louis Cardinals at third. Mookie Betts in right field. Ronald Acuna Jr. in center field. And Lourdes Guriel Jr. I don't know what team he plays for. I'm going to be honest. He plays. He's currently the starting left fielder. A lot of names. I know a lot of people may not know who they are. I didn't know a lot of them either. I didn't know almost any. But it's fun. I want to go. So next episode, I want us to do our MLB All-Star bracket. So you'll fill out one. I'll fill out one. And we'll compare our teams. Are we going to do the draft preview and the you're gonna have to show me how to do that bracket or whatever for the all-star just like voting for the nba go to mlb.com find the vote is it like something you print off you can or well i thought you said we were going to compare ours but i mean i was just probably going to take screenshots or something all right, cool. I got you. <laughs> I'll bring the papers in, bro. I'll go official with it. I don't, I'm a casual, so a lot of it might sound terrible, but I'm going to try. I believe they provide stats as well. I'm going to try. Some other news in the MLB. I'd say really it's the Oakland A's right now. They had their reverse protest last night, and they beat, like I mentioned, they beat the Tampa Bay Rays two games in a row now. They had, I believe, 27,000 in attendance which is their highest of the season. They've been averaging, I think, a little over 8,000 a game, which is the lowest attendance in MLB. But their efforts are not going to ultimately matter. I think their move to Las Vegas is a done deal. or It's inevitable. The Nevada Senate just recently passed three a $380 or $380. $80 million bill to fund the A stadium on the Vegas Strip. So they will only be in Vegas, I believe, until 2027 or 2028. There's a lot of financials and politics that go along with that deal. I can't remember all of it, but they'd still have to play in Oakland for a while. I don't know if it matters, but while we're on the MLB, did you get the... Bleach report. I'm terrible with names. Our first baseman's out. So that yeah, the season that that leads into the Royals. Quick Royals update. 
My bad. No, you're good. I was going to bring that up anyway. I promise. I try to read the notes and figure out when to say stuff, but then I didn't know if you had checked your phone, so I was like... Oh, uh, I saw it before the show. Yeah. So, I told Ryan before the start of the show, because I know I, he's he's not too fond of baseball, but I know he likes the Royals. The Royals have officially reached the point in the season where they're down bad. There's no hope. The season's over. It's been over for a while, but now it's definitely over. They are, I can take a look at their record. They're currently 18 and 49. So 31 games under 500. 16 and a half back in the AL Central, surprisingly, though. They have a run differential of negative 104. They're currently on an eight game losing streak. And as of a few games ago, during when they hit the 60 game mark was the second worst start in franchise history. I believe they're on pace to lose over 115 games. Vinny Pasquatino, as Ryan mentioned, is out for the season. He's been arguably our best player next to Salvador Perez this season. It's just not good. Like I know he tore his labrum and obviously I know where the labrum like is at. But was it in his left or right? I didn't see. I I couldn't find that either, but I was kind of curious. Just I'm assuming it had to have been his batting. throwing arm. Oh, throwing? Because he bats left-handed, but I, I don't know what arm he throws, though. He's a first baseman. So I don't know. That That's just, you know, kick us while we're down type of thing. Yeah. Just another blow. That sucked. It sucks. They're so bad. They're they're just, they're just terrible. They're the worst team in baseball now because the Oakland A's are on a seven-game winning streak or six or seven-game winning streak. So now we own the worst record in baseball. We're probably going to end the season with the worst record in baseball. I know we've been bad since we won the World Series, but this is rock bottom. Yep. This is terrible. This is like our childhood all over again. No, this is worse. Where they're just giving away tickets. Dude, they were not They were never this bad. It's they've, tough. They've been bad. We've seen some bad Royals teams, but this is bad. Which is sad to say because last season there was a little bit of optimism. You had all these young guys that got called up, and some of them had their moments. Some of them have had their moments this year, but they're just not producing. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And is it just new management stuff like that? Do you think it just trickles down? I mean, they sucked last year, so I don't really think it's management. At some point, you got to point a finger to the players. Yeah. But then again, the development team, the the scouting staff. Where are you finding these guys? Why do you? Why are you employed if you're just continuing to scout bad players? I think that's their scouting department needs to have a turnover this at the end of the year. The development team needs to have a turnover. Their 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 new skipper, the GM or the team manager, he he just signed, so I don't know if they let him go. The general manager, he just became the general manager this year, so I don't think you let him go either. They're just in a weird spot. I know it's different with baseball. I feel like with other sports, as far as like ownership and like gms and stuff like that in baseball how long would you give like the current gm before you're like hey you gotta bounce 
baseball is completely different from other professional sports. It's really yeah, interesting. Yeah, it's difficult. Because it, it, it's like a completely different thing. Because, for example, Dayton Moore, the Royals gen- general manager that helped us, you know, build those rosters for the World Series runs and the World Series title. Mm. He was in Kansas City, I believe, over 15 years. Long time. And didn't accomplish much outside of the two World Series runs. Okay, so I got another question for you because I know you're more of a baseball guy, which isn't saying much because I, you know, don't really know anything. But do you <laughs> think some of it comes because small market ball clubs, you got to get lucky with trades, trade people while they're high, knowing they might slip up. You have to rely heavily on your farm system. Do you think some of it goes back to the COVID years when a lot of those minor league teams weren't able to play, a lot of the AA, AAA, a lot of the college kids didn't really get to go to camps, a lot of the like high school kids, stuff like that? Do you think that would be the reason why a small market ball club like us is doing so terrible because we haven't been able to rely on our farm system as much? It could, but then what's the excuse for you know teams like Cincinnati who, who are com- competitive? Or even Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's leading the NL Central. You know, teams like that. Are they small market ball clubs too? For the most part. I don't don't know population-wise how big Pittsburgh is compared to Kansas City, but I'd say they're on the smaller side uh, in terms of, you know, big cities or big markets. Yeah. But I just think, I I mean, maybe the COVID year. For some of these younger players on our roster, because we have a lot of them. Yeah, because I know even for a couple years, a lot of the minor league stuff was maybe that could limited in a lot of ways. Yeah, maybe that could have hurt their development a little bit, but I think you know it's three years now. Yeah. Well, what have you been doing? Yeah. You, you know what I mean. So I think that they, I don't think they can really use either of those as an excuse at this point anymore. It's just it's just disappointing. Yeah, I just know you know. A lot. What in baseball? What's your prime age in baseball? Usually, prime age, like not a pitcher, just you know, position player. Probably twenty-seven, twenty-eight. And how long does it normally last? A prime in baseball can. Uh, I know it depends, but yeah. roughly, for some some good players that you know catch fire, prime could probably last three, maybe four years. Because I know a lot of the times it takes people a long time to develop. It co- it comes so, and goes. Quick. So I didn't know if that was like maybe because of the COVID year. Because I know obviously we had the COVID year, but then even after that, for the minor leagues and for, I was just, I know for a couple years after that, it was difficult for any of the minor league teams and like the smaller like, because double A AA and triple A and single A are all smaller than minors, right? They're, no, they're, those are the minors. Oh, so it's all considered the minor minors. Mm-hmm. Golly. Yeah, there's a lot of different affiliations now. I looked on Amazon. There is a baseball book for dummies. It might be worth the 15 <laughs> bucks, man, just so I can, because we have nothing going on other than the. No, but uh, that, that is an interesting question when you asked about a player's prime. Baseball is just different. I mean, for example, I was talking to Hector about it. The, he was in the All-Star game last year, and he was in the running for AL. Cy Young, Alec Manoa of the Toronto Blue Jays, one of the best pitchers in baseball last year. This season, he had an ERA over five, I think close to six, and he got sent to the developmental camp back in Florida, I believe. Yeah, because I know every time I see a 
you know, my YouTube algorithm is just, it's mostly sports and like a couple TV shows I watch. So even though I don't like baseball, I still try and watch stuff like if I see an interesting highlight or something. But I just I'm just gonna buy the book for dummies. <laughs> That's funny. That no, it's it's just disappointing for the Royals. And then that and the the conversations for the downtown stadium haven't been going well. I don't think, I mean, I don't blame Jackson County residents for wanting the ballpark in downtown or Royals fans in general. What's it going to solve besides the shiny new toy? Still bad product. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'd be more willing if they were paying for a winning team. Yeah. So I don't blame them. It's, It's just bad. It's bad. This is the, this is, like I mentioned, this is rock bottom. I've never seen the Royals this bad before. They've been bad. And then even in 2021, they, were, they weren't that good, but at least they were competitive. They at least won 74 games in 2021. And, you know, that's not even that great. But how do you get from that point? And it's relatively, or no, the, the roster's turned over a lot and see a lot of young guys. But at that point, they were considered a bad team. They won 74 games, and then now you just go way downhill. Yeah. It's just disappointing. The only thing to really get excited about for the Royals for the rest of the summer and their season, cheap, uh, tickets are going to be cheap. I believe the Dodgers are coming to town 4th of July weekend. That'd be a good time to go. That'd be pretty cool. See a good ball team and some fireworks. The trades, we're going to be we're going to be sellers. We're going to sell a lot of our closers, a lot of our relief pitchers. Roldis Chapman, Scott Barlow, few other pitchers, maybe even Brady Singer. Maybe you keep him because we need an ace. Salvi's been thrown on the table. I hope not. That hurt. I'd be devastated. I, I think Kansas City as a whole would be devastated, but I That's get like it. That's like the last fan favorite left. Yeah. So I'm sorry to keep asking questions, but maybe some of our other viewers aren't as, you know, knowledgeable about, about baseball, but. In your opinion, given that we're a small market ball club and we don't randomly start spending a bunch of money and stuff, how long do you give the Royals realistically before they could at least be competitive again? It has to be soon because they continue to lose. Usually a losing team in professional sports, they are in what's called the lottery. So, you know, for example, the NBA, they're within mm-hmm. that you know, top 10, top 15 picks. They're not going to have that luxury in 2025. Why? Because the MLB has a rule that a team can't be in the lottery three years straight. Or, yeah, three years straight. I didn't know that. So See, you're dropping knowledge today, man. (laughs) I actually just saw that today, so you learn something new every day. But they have to turn it around. So were we in the lottery last year? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we'll be in the lottery this year? This year. And then the year after that? More than likely next year, yeah, so. And then... Realistically, okay. though, to answer your question, long story short, who knows? This rebuild has lasted since, what, 2017? Mm-hmm. We're going on six years? I don't know. They, 2025, maybe? It, and that's if our young players pan out, like Bobby Witt, MJ Melendez, Michael Massey, Daniel Lynch. Chris Bubich, if he can get healthy, Carlos Hernandez, Brady Singer, you know, that that's a big if. Yeah, it just, as a, 
I want to say I wasn't a casual at one point. Like, when the Royals started to do a little better, and, like, you know, I was able to watch more and more games because summer vacation, you didn't have a job, you know? You watch more, and you get into it, and then we start doing better, and then you know all the players, and then you pay attention to, like, who we're going to play to, and then it was so, I mean, the games were on Fox Sports every day at, like, 1, or it'd be an evening game. But then you could learn all the teams, you could learn, you know, everything. And then, like, the World Series of playoff starts. The other casuals, like, the real casuals who are just there for the hype, you know, they're asking who's pitching, they're asking this, and you're able to explain it to them, like, at parties and stuff. And then now I'm like, I don't even know anybody. Yeah. I mean, they haven't given you a reason to be excited since 2015. I I also want to go on record. I'm not switching up. I'm not picking a new team. But also, I'm just not going to pay all that money to be able to stream the games just to see one one run scored nine in we get blown out one to seven yeah. I, i'm not gonna pay that because <laughs> what we go over a couple what last episode or the episode before it's like 160 a year yeah we did the bali sports yeah. yeah and just like with the nba package when i used to buy that some of those games could still be blacked out and you never know until the night of yeah no, it, i don't think it'd be worth it not at this point that I'm is not, funny what you said I'm about switching, switching up, up though I'll never switch up. You know, uh, seeing the Nuggets with the success, being that Kansas City, we are NBA free agent fans. Part of me, I like the Nuggets, and they are relatively close to home. I'd say that's my second team. Oh, um, I don't I, even care if I sound like a bandwagon. I have some of my gift cards left over from Christmas. If I can find a Christian Brown, maybe not a jersey, maybe a championship shirt. Oh, for sure. I'm, I got to. Like that's yeah. a KU player. KU comes before any NBA team because we don't have an NBA team right now. Obviously, OKC is my team. Watch out for them next year. Check coming back. But KU player, I'm always going to root for a KU player. But I almost, I almost considered, you know, do I kind of root for the Nuggets now too? Because the Celtics, after they disappointed two years in a row. But, I mean, call me, call me a bandwagon. I, I'm, I give people a lot of grief for being bandwagon fans. I'm not going to say I'm going to completely switch up and be like, oh, I'm a diehard Nuggets fan. No, I'm not going to do that. My love for basketball started with the Boston Celtics, and that, that's not going to change. Yeah, was, CB got a ring, so... I was happy to see that. Right now, I'm just rooting for other KU players to get a ring. But, I mean, like you said, man, like, we love sports. That's our life. If they're if they're taking happiness away from you, I don't consider it a bandwagon <laughs> jump at all, man. Just because, like, some people might say I'm just a bandwagon, even though I didn't switch a different team, but I'm not a real fan because I stopped watching the Royals. But it's like, listen, if it's going to start draining, if it's going to take the fun out of the game for you, or it's not a fun experience, it's just not worth it. Life's too short. So, yeah, we got a little off topic from the MLB. But to close out the MLB segment, we'll quickly run through the NFL before the end of the episode. Go see the Monarchs. I want to, man. We were talking about it. I want to so bad. Monarchs tickets are just as cheap as the Royals, and they're actually a winning team. I believe they were fighting for first place in their league last night. I don't know if they won or not, but they had a good record. They're at 18-9. and nine. They're, they're, That game day experience is fun there. It's a nice ball, ball field. I still haven't been since they've been the Monarchs. we got to talk about that off the show sometime. That's I, really cool. I really want to go. We went last year. My family, we went over 4th of July weekend. I mean, they're the winningest team in Kansas City right now since the Chiefs aren't playing. So go see them. Support the Royals too, but it's tough. 
it's tough right now. NFL, we'll quickly go through this. Not a lot of news, just some rumors, a lot of speculation. The latest news out of OTAs, DeAndre Hopkins, he's still out there. There's reports now that he could potentially go to the New England Patriots. I don't see that working. I guess, I guess you never know, but given his attitude and like just how he is like off the court, you know, like with the style and stuff, like in the fashion stuff, that doesn't seem to me like somebody who would mesh well with Bill Belichick. Belichick yeah. But also maybe Belichick's like, hey, I, I, you know, I'm getting older. I only have a few years. Let's try and turn it around. Let's try and do something. So he's had a meeting with the Titans. He left Nashville without an offer. I think that that's all reports. The expectation is that New England does not want him to leave the Boston area without a contract. Something to watch for sure. The running back market has been getting screwed. Prominent running backs like Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Dalvin Cook, they're not getting paid. What happened with Josh Jacobs? I saw the, I know the Dalvin Cook and the Saquon Barkley, but what's going on with him? So the Raiders declined his player option last season. His oh, fifth, yeah. And yep. so basically, and he, he was the best running back in the league last year. He delivered, and he's still not getting a deal. So what does that mean? Like, at the end of the season, are they able to negotiate, or does that mean he's gone? So he'll be a free agent next year. They have the opportunity from now until then to sign him to a long-term deal. Question is, will they do that? Because, like as I mentioned, running backs have been getting screwed. Saquon Barkley, similar situation a little bit. He had a bounce back year. He's been injured quite a bit throughout his career. But he's he's one of the most explosive running backs in the league when yeah, fully healthy. But some of that being injured early in his career is because he was throwing the ball. Yeah, the Giants really had nobody outside of him. So they, It's just a weird thing because they get these running backs out of college or these younger guys, run them into the ground for four years, five years, and it's like, well, bye. Yep. Even Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook's been arguably one of the most productive running backs in the league. Arguably top five. Top, yeah, top five for sure. He's not getting a contract yet. No one, People are hesitant to sign him. He's only 27. Yeah. He's had shoulder injuries, but he's ran for 1,000 yards, I believe, five years straight. It's something like that. I just So what team... Like how, because I know I was watching, they're trying to keep like running backs below like... 11 to 10 million a year. So what do you think they, like if a team's looking to get Dalvin Cook, because he'll definitely be on a roster, do you think he's going to have to take a pay cut or do you think somebody's going to go out there and give him? All of the, all of these guys may have to take a little bit of a pay cut. I think they're all worth, well, Dalvin Cook's the best out of the three. I think Dalvin Cook could be around 13, 15 million a season, 15 million stretching it. That's, you know, that's, Christian McCaffrey money. That's, you know, Derek. Him and Debo, that's in a whole, they're different. That's, so him, with, that's him and Derek Henry money too. I don't know, it's tough. Maybe 12 million. So the, they released Dalvin Cook, so I'm not trying to sound like a noob, but they released him. So there's no way they signed him back, right? No. So he definitely has to be on a new team soon, yeah. right? Like with OTAs and all that stuff. They didn't, yeah. The Vikings didn't want to pay him. I think that he's been linked to Miami. He's from Miami. So maybe maybe he goes home. Outside of the runback room, yeah, Stefan Diggs, his situation with the Bills. He skipped OTA practice yesterday. It was reported today that he was excused. Apparently there was some sort of altercation 
that hasn't really been specified, but he was basically given the day off to go home and cool, cool down. I know before I was coming over here, I think I was watching First Things First or one of them, and like when they asked him about it, he or the coach, he was dealing with an off-the-field issue, but it wasn't anything serious. But then I know like at the end of last season, like him and Josh Allen with their drama and everything kind of makes you wonder. It does. So now a lot of people have been talking about, well, maybe does he want to trade? But then last year he just got signed to a big deal, so not likely. Some Chiefs news real quick. Chris Jones' deal could be coming soon. And it could be coming soon because it could clear up cap space. And the Chiefs are still linked to DeAndre Hopkins as well. I don't think we signed him, though. But I think the Chris Jones deal needs to get done. He missed OTA's practice yesterday. It made news. I think people need to calm down about it. It's not a big deal. Save him. You know, why have him run around in shorts at this point? He's going to train on his own. Let them figure out the contract and everything will be fine with him. We, he, he needs to be signed to an extension, though, for sure. He's on a one-year, $20 million deal left. So he's your second best player. I mean, now the Frank Clark's gone. I feel like more than anything, you got to bring him back. Yeah. you got to get that deal done. I think they need to keep it to where he's not the highest-paid defensive tackle because that's Aaron Donald money, and that's $30 million a season, and that's not ideal. I mean, he even openly said, and he even put it on his own Twitter account, and I know there were a few interviews, he would take a pay cut to bring back Frank Clark. But then it's like, is he going to try and take a pay cut so we could maybe bring in DeAndre Hopkins or somebody else too? Or now that Frank Clark's gone, is he just like, hey, give me that money? I think he'll be reasonable, hopefully. And then one last thing, Daenerys Prince undrafted rookie free agent running back has been turning some heads at OTA practice so far. Got some time with the ones even impressed Jarek McKinnon. He apparently he's a bigger back and he's also explosive like Isaiah Pacheco explosive. Where Brett, where Brett Beach finds these guys. I have no idea. We might have another steal on our hands going to be interesting during training camp right we around the corner. We're going to have three running backs, dude. Yep, right around the corner. Training camp, we'll find out soon. We'll oh. keep you guys updated on that, though. What? Are I was just going to... Uh, no, it's nothing. I was just had a pop-up thing just I wanted to ask before we closed out. Let's do it. So, I know it came out a while ago, but it just started streaming on HBO. So, I was just curious because I loved the first one. Came out when we were in sixth grade. Saw it in 3D. Avatar The Way of the Water. Have you watched it yet? Yeah. Of course. What'd you think? It was good. I liked it. I think that the the idea of all of that, the thought process, it's just mind blowing. I think the concept, the concept is the most, you know, attention grabbing. The movie itself, it kind of was drawn out a little bit. Shouldn't have been three hours. Yeah, it kind of felt like. They the whole reason was why it took so long was because they had to wait for technology to catch up or everything. But to me, the CGI and everything didn't look any better than the first one. It kind of looked a little claymation at times, like a little off. But I also saw this morning, it was just a small thing I wanted to say, because of the writer's strike and everything, so they were on a schedule to release every two years. Now it got pushed back. The fifth one isn't supposed to release until 20. 31 now. I did see that. That's unfortunate. I think the star, the actress, Zoe Saldelin, I can't mm-hmm. pronounce her last name. 
but she was also in Guardians of the Galaxy and Star Trek. She said that she'll be 53 by the time the fifth movie is made. And that's if she's still one of the leading characters, but I thought that was funny. And real quick, before we wrap up episode 53, one last pop culture thing. We kind of alluded to it earlier. The Netflix show Quarterbacks, starring Patrick Mahomes, and side characters Marcus Mariota and Kirk Cousins. Now those guys are going to be heavily involved with it too. But it's basically behind the scenes, a day in the life of all those quarterbacks. So what goes on in practice, what goes on at home, stuff you don't get to see on the game days. So I'm very excited to see that. What day does it premiere again? July 12th. July 12th. Tune in for that on Netflix. They're going to make it a weekly thing or does it all come out at once? It'll probably be binge. All come out at once, yeah. Who's going to be in Hard Knocks this season? They haven't decided yet. When do they decide that? Should be sometime soon. I think it's usually like the last ranked team or one of the last ranked teams, right? I'd say the Jets or the Bears should be it. I would think. I think that the Jets makes it just makes sense. Oh, because even all the haters are going to tune in for that. Yeah, so that makes sense. But that's all we have for you guys for episode fifty-three. We hope you guys all enjoy. We're back. We're here for the summer. Let's get it. We're going to bring some heat. Hope you guys keep listening. Tune in for episode 54. We'll see you guys then.